Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Michael Lafito. You are listening to the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. You are in the right place if you want to attract more high-end and luxury listings. My goal for you is for you to walk away from every podcast with a few nuggets that you can implement into your business, no matter if you're based in North America or outside the country. And here's the other thing. I want you to walk away with nuggets that will help you increase your average sale price by 30% over the next year. My name is Michael Lofito. I'm the founder of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast and certification. And I might add, we just released our new book known as Luxury Listing Specialist, How to Dominate Luxury Sales in Your Market. With that being said, I'm really excited about today's guest. I met her at the Inman Luxury Conference. If you haven't been to the Inman Luxury Conference, it's held in October, and it's in Beverly Hills. I've gone, excuse me, I've gone the last two years. What a great event, great networking, and Brad Inman and his team doing an amazing job there. I highly recommend it. But um, with that being said, I was so impressed with um, Mishi's presentation, which was on working with Chinese investors, Chinese buyers, she shared some amazing content that I thought she would be a great guest on today's podcast. And and so here we are. Uh, Without further ado, we got Mishi Olson, who's the Vice President of Global Business Development and Relocation at Alan Alan Pinnell Realtors that services the San Francisco Bay Area. So, Really appreciate your time and your expertise, Mishi. Good morning, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. You are definitely um, a industry expert when it comes to Chinese investors, and you hear about the high-end properties, the multi-million-dollar properties that are in, in a lot of marketplaces, perhaps stale. They're not moving. They're not selling, and. And then I talk to a lot of companies. I have a strategic partnership with concierge auctions and other companies, and they talk about the Chinese buyers. And I wrote down a lot of notes from your presentation at the Inman Luxury Conference. So I want you to share, if you don't mind, uh, a little bit about your background and how you, um, you know, how you stumbled upon, you know, these Chinese investors and became uh, such a guru, a specialist with it, and give a little background, a little bit on NAR and and the data they've provided, and and that'll probably be a good starting point, and I'll ask you some questions as we, we get going here. Sure, I'll be happy to. Um, first of all, you know, our office is located in Saratoga, our headquarters, and we're right in the heart of Silicon Valley. And we really started to see several years ago uh, all cash buyers coming in from mainland China. And uh, I looked at our buy side of our company to see what percentage of our buyers are actually coming from China. And it was about 35%. So I saw a huge opportunity here. So we started to then participate in luxury property show uh, in China. We go twice a year. 
year uh, in December. I'll be there in a few weeks, as a matter of fact, to Shanghai. And then in June, we participate in the one in Beijing. So we've been doing this several years. And of course, uh, we've also established great partnership with major real estate companies over in China. So they're also sending us very qualified Chinese buyers to the Bay Area. So we formed a great relationship there. And, you know, every new relationship is a learning experience. And what I'm really excited about is that the NAR, National Association of Realtors, have also realized there's a great opportunity working with international you know, home buyers. So if you look at the, their studies, you can see that the top five countries that are purchasing in the United States is China. England, Canada, India, and Mexico. And of those five countries, China is spending the most money. Uh, their average sale price is $937,000 compared to other countries, which is about twice as more on the average. And they spent about $27 billion last year out of $102 billion. Um, Already in the past 12 months, they have spent $37 billion. That's a huge increase. Um, And if you look at California, you know, most of them are purchasing up and down the California coast, and probably the reason for that is that uh, we're so close to the Pacific Rim. Uh, they can be here on a nonstop, you know, direct flight from uh, Beijing or Shanghai. We have three major airports here in the Bay Area, and of course, they love the weather here because over there, air pollution is huge uh, factor. So, and then they see that you know our homes really hold their prices, right? So there's so many things happening in our area that is absolutely makes it desirable for people to want to purchase and invest uh, in our area. Well, so you, you just gave some amazing content, and I just want to touch upon a couple of those bullet points, um, circle uh-huh. back, because it was so valuable. Um, uh-huh. So you mentioned the five countries that um, – foreign money, if you will, foreign buyers of five yes. countries that, so you said China, um, England, uh, Canada. India, Canada, uh-huh. and Mexico, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. And you mentioned last year out of $102 billion, um, in real estate transactions from those five countries, 27 of that billion uh, came from China. So call it 27%. Is that 26, 27%, and now this year it's up to 37 billion already. Uh huh. Yes. Is, is that correct? That's right. Okay. Very good. I just want to make sure I, I um, I understood that. And yeah. And you mentioned um, buying factors, and you mentioned clean air. Talk to me about some of the major, um, I don't want to call them prerequisites, but what are the Chinese buyers? What's really important to them? Schools, clean air. Talk to me a little bit about that. Right. So what makes, you know, them want to even purchase over here? One, it's dream of home ownership. Because in China, you don't own the real estate. It's a 70-year lease. So that's one of the first... Seven zero. Seven zero. 70-year lease. 70-year lease. So you don't... Mm -hmm. In China... You, you you lease the land. You don't own the you own the building, but not the land, or no? That's that's correct. That is okay. correct. You don't okay. own the land. Okay. So and then the government will limit the number of real estate purchases in China, usually to two. There are some exceptional uh, you know rules and regulations, but okay. on the average, you can only own two properties. Whereas in the United States, there is no limit. 
Right. And there is so much corruption over there, government corruption in China. So there's this distrust. Uh, real estate is not regulated in China, whereas it is over here in the United States. There's been a devaluation of the Chinese currency and the volatile Chinese stock market. So you can understand why they want to now diversify their assets. Um, they call it parking their money here in the United States. They feel <laughs> U.S. is money. a very secure, uh-huh, very secure place. So you know, other than that, there's also where they look at clean air, lifestyle, weather is huge. Um, you know, here in the Bay Area, we have Mediterranean climate all year round, and then education for their children. Um, that is big. Oftentimes, they will purchase a property when their child is even a few months old. Uh, but they certainly know Stanford University and UC Berkeley, uh, where all the major you know universities are located. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, so some really good knowledge there about the A to 70-year lease, uh, talking a little bit about the limitations of two properties. Um, mm-hmm. And they like parking their money, so to speak, here in the United States because they feel like it's a better investment and, and, and safer. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. There was a dip in uh, the slowdown. People talked about that in 2016. That's election year. They weren't really too sure what was going to happen. Um, and then when Trump became president, again, they were sort of uncertain what kind of a president he's going to be and what's gonna, how our economy in the United States was going to be affected. So uh, they were kind of waiting to see. And when they noticed that our stock market still remained very strong, they started to reinvest again. Um, they really watch the U.S. economy. Um, there is a saying over in Asia that when United States or when America sneezes, Asia catches the flu or they catch the cold. So that's how much the U.S. economy affects everything over in Asia. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Well, you mentioned 2016. There's just a lot of uncertainty. Um, I'm not sure if you're um, familiar with, with this aspect, but I uh, I was at the Christie's conference in September, and they talked about politics. And they said, we normally don't talk politics um, at conferences, or and they advised real estate agents, Christie's agents, not to really talk politics, because you might assume that you know, your followers, your friends are, you know, Republican and they're Democrat or vice versa. But um, I'm, I'm, you're familiar with, and maybe I'm not pronouncing it, is it Weibo, W-E-I-B-O? No, I'm not familiar with Weibo. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a platform, um, it's a, a platform um, over in, um, in China. It's Weibo, W-E-I-B-O, um, dot com. And when Donald Trump became president, Cadillac uh-huh. posted on Weibo this picture of Trump back in 1976. It was, and it was with him and his Cadillac, El Dorado, I believe. And uh-huh. Cadillac sales skyrocketed um, because because of that image, and um, because there they still respect the presidency. They even if they don't agree with everything he says, they, they respect it. And this company leveraged a picture of a Cadillac from 1976 and Cadillac sales in 2016, excuse me, 17 have skyrocketed. 
Oh, how interesting. Now, I'm familiar with WeChat platform because that's the one okay. that we use a lot. There's over 900 million Chinese people that use WeChat. So um, we actually have a WeChat platform where uh, we're actually um, promoting our listings on the WeChat platform. Is that right? Platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. WeChat. Okay. Um, so, anyways, I, I thought that would be something interesting. I'm not sure if you knew that. They call that the Trump effect on Cadillac sales over there just based on the image. So, you know, that, that's a word to advice on everyone that's listening. Don't assume anything with politics. They, somebody once asked Michael Jordan, why doesn't he talk politics? And his answer was, because Republicans buy sneakers, too. And so getting off the topic a little bit, but I thought I would share that, Michi. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So, any um, you mentioned um, a book at the conference, which I'm very familiar with, "Kiss, Bow, or Shake Hands." Yes, and, and you uh, said that I, would be I a think great it's a great reference for yeah. anyone, you know, because it has it talks about. I guess it, there's about 50 countries that are referenced in there, and it's a quick read. And um, depending on where you're located in the United States, you may have more people from India or Mexico. Uh, The most important thing is for you to be able to respect and understand the culture more than be able to speak the language. And at the conference, I really wanted to get the message to the agents out there that you don't have to speak the language to work with international buyers as long as you respect their culture. And um, I think that's number one. So this is why I mentioned that book. It's a good reference to have. That's a great reference. Do you have any um, suggestions for those maybe um, listeners that aren't familiar with the the culture, maybe some do's and some don'ts when dealing with a a buyer or seller? You know, we're located, you know, here in the Bay Area, so we see a lot of uh, Chinese buyers that are also resident already here as well as those that are coming in, you know, from mainland China. And, uh, you know, we always talk about – you know, closing gifts for here, you know, and I always want to make sure that our agents are, are uh, you know, familiar with what not to give and what to give. Uh, things that are good are like wine and cigarettes and tea and, and rent envelopes and, of course, you know, um, things like uh, the number six and eight, meaning luck and prosperity, is, are always very good. Um, if you recall, the Beijing Olympics started on August 8th, 2018 at 8:08 p.m. So that's how much you know they believe in the in the strength of the numbers. And then of course, what's really bad are like clocks and knives. Clocks, um, time is running out, so the relationship is ending. Knives or scissors are sharp, meaning you're cutting again. You're severing the relationship. Uh, mirrors, you know, they feel their bad spirits in the mirrors. Um, you know, the the number four, uh, it's sounds like death. So in the elevator, there is no fourth floor. They usually don't like house numbers that start with a four. Um, I always tell our agents, you know, even your cell phone number, if you can select the numbers yourself, try to have a lot of sixes and eights in your cell phone number, which I do. <laughs> so um, again, it's, it's another way.
way to make sure that you do respect their culture and understand, you know, some of the things that have nuances that you might not even be aware of. You know, a couple could walk in with a little boy into your open house, and if you tussle the top of the, of the boy's head, that's not a good omen because the top of the head is considered very sacred. Uh, that is also the same from India. So these are some things that you need to be aware of because I'm willing, you know, unknowingly you might do something to offend them and you don't understand yeah. why you never heard from them again, right? Now, so, uh, now the, you, mm-hmm. you just shared a lot of good knowledge there. Um, for, for, you know, the, the Cutco Knives sales representatives uh, need to listen up as far as, you know, closing gifts aren't probably good for <laughs> those Chinese buyers, uh, the traditional Cutco Knives. But in all seriousness, uh, where is there a cheat sheet, some reference that, that these listeners could, could uh, I know you mentioned Kiss Bauer Shake Hands, that's talking a lot of different countries, but specifically for, for Chinese potential buyers, um, do you, are you aware of any kind of, um, book or reference that uh, can kind of they can refer to uh, on this particular one no and of course I grew up in Japan so even in Japan number four is bad luck it sounds like death um, you know I guess maybe if you google it maybe you'll be able to find it yeah, Google's a great <laughs> but reference. I don't know for of an actual book I'm sure there is something out there if you sure. google it Mm-hmm. Okay. No. No worries. That that was very informative. Um, all right. I, I want to take the. Um, so first off, uh, amazing information you shared, um, talking about the Chinese buyers, the data. You you understand the data. That's one of the things I always talk about. The listeners, you got to own your numbers. You got to understand the data, and uh, understanding what the key buying factors are for uh, any buyer, let alone buyers of certain cultures, is, is really important. Um, overall, um, how are things in, in, in the San Francisco Bay market with your, your luxury market? We're, you know, very lucky where we're located. You know, we're a major destination for, you know, high-tech companies, biotech companies, and now social media uh, headquarters is, is the hub. So we're very lucky where we're located. Unfortunately, we have very, very low inventory but very high demand. So this is what is creating this, you know, frenzy of multiple offers, and especially the sweet spot is between 1 to 2.5 million. Uh, Those properties will go very, very quickly, Um, and, you know, buyers are expected to pay anywhere from 200 to $300,000 over the asking price, Um, which is very hard for people that are just entering into the market. And then you're also competing with all-cash buyers coming in from China, and because they're buying all cash, they're purchasing it with no appraisal, no contingency whatsoever, in other words. So there's no inspection, no appraisal, no loan contingency. So that's really, really difficult to compete against. Mm, and we also have difficult. Yeah, we also have employees here that have been working at these companies whose stock, you know, options have matured. So they're also purchasing all cash as well. Mm. So um it's very difficult, I think, for those that are relocating into our area. Um, you know, we're a major, we're a preferred broker for just about every major corporation that's located here, and we really have to do a lot of educating um, as to what is happening in the market. Oh. And um, yeah, 
So now it's, I have a it's great. For the you. market is strong. It's great, but it's also challenging for those moving into our area and also for first-time home buyers. Okay. Well, I, I could see how it's very challenging depending on where your buyer is coming from. If they're coming from somewhere within the United States where that 1 to 2.5 is a soft market and perhaps they're selling at a discount, but yet they're coming into your marketplace where they're losing out or going above asking price, um, do, do you feel sometimes the buyer's frustration if they lose out? Oh, absolutely. And sometimes yeah. they think that if they go to the listing agent, they're going to get a better deal. It doesn't right. work like that. As you no. and I know, right. it's better to be represented by a buyer's agent. And I think this sure. is something that we always have to educate. But I think it's important for our agents to constantly show the statistics that they're doing the best they can. Because the buyers get frustrated wondering if their agent is doing a good enough job negotiating, right? So if you can show them on this property, this is how many property, you know, offers were made, how many were all cash buyers, how many were offering, you know, over the asking. And if you could show those kind of numbers to show they really didn't have an opportunity there if they were just lowballing, thinking that they're going to get a deal that way. It right. just doesn't happen in our area. And, and they learn. Once they lose out on several properties, they realize, okay, I need to go above asking. Yeah. Um, so they'll start to then have, trust their agent and understand that they're doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. These are general questions. I have two questions for you. The next question is, yes. how do you, if you're representing a seller in your marketplace and the buyers from outside the country, um, how do you verify funds? Perhaps, if you're talking a ten, twenty million dollar property in your market, but maybe in some of the other markets you know, of our listeners, you know, a luxury price point. I define luxury as three times whatever the average sale price is, but many mm -hmm. sellers require proof of funds before the showing. How do you deal with that culturally so they don't feel offended? Um, again, that's part of the educating because oftentimes they don't understand that you need to be transparent here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I would ask for a copy of their passport. You want to make sure that the name on the purchase contract is the same as the one on the passport. Oftentimes, you may not be talking to the real buyer. You don't right. know if you're talking to a representative. So but that's one of the first things is to make sure you are actually talking to the actual buyer and it's the same name that's going on the purchase contract. And then you also and that's for both the listing site as well as buyer's agent. I think both of each site should get a copy. Um, and then of course you want to get verification of funds. You want to make sure that it is coming from a reputable bank and that it's written in English so you can understand it. Um, oftentimes um, they'll say the money's already here in the United States and they can provide you with a bank statement from a U.S. bank. Okay. And that's what we're starting to see more and more. As we have been working with, you know, uh, buyers from mainland China, we've been educating them for quite some time. And the relationships that we have built with real estate companies over there, we're constantly doing seminars for them and educating them. They're starting to understand and educating their you know, clients as to what to expect. So with multiple offers, you better have the money ready to go. We can't be waiting for the you know, money to be wired, of course, because of the restrictions on how much right. money can't be sent overseas. So you know, we're starting to see more and more buyers where when I get the referral, it already says the money is already in the United States. Yep. Then we know That's they're awesome. good to go. Yes, and that's what you want. 
Yeah, that's absolutely what you want. Um, I'm a big believer in uh, personality types, uh, you know, disc personality. You know, many, many big brokerages, you know, there's Myers-Briggs, Colby. I'm a big disc guy. Um, Mm -hmm. I I know I'm going to ask a general question, but um, by different cultures, is there is is is, is the female the decision maker or is it the man? Again, I know I'm asking a general question, but if I'm showing a, a, a Chinese buyer a property and I represent the seller and I'm showing the buyer and the, their agent the property, who who really is the, the, the decision maker there? And I, I know I'm asking a general question, but based on your experience, you really have to watch their body language okay. to see who's being subservient. And the other thing, too, is always ask, if they're a young couple, ask if their mother is going to be flying in from China to look at the property. The mother has the last say-so. So even if you're in contract, they will back out. If the mother comes in at the last minute and decides they don't like the property for whatever reason, and it goes way beyond just the feng shui. So, again, you know, these are questions you need to ask. Um, but it depends on the relationship of the couple. I hate to make general and say, oh, it's always the man. It's not anymore that way. Um, so, oftentimes, it's the mother who has the last say so, especially in China. So, yeah, you need to. Great, mm-hmm. great information. Um, now you you run four different um, you know I guess you wear four different hats. You run the global business development, relocation. Is it internet leads you also run? Correct, e-commerce. Yep, and so you're not a, an active practicing agent, but um, but for any of those listeners that might have a referral. Um, in that San Francisco Bay Area, and they want to, you know, reach out to, to you, and you might pair them up with who you think the best agent would be. What's the best way, um, Mishi? What's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Is it via email or phone? I would say email because I'm traveling every month for the company. Sure. I attend a lot of different conferences, and I'm also okay. on a speaking circuit. So um, we have a what is called a communal email, relo at apr.com. That means every one of us, all of my staff, including myself, gets that email. We really like to respond immediately to any emails that are coming in. Uh, that's awesome. probably the quickest. And and can that's can relo, you say that R-E-L. one one more time? Yeah. It's relo, R-E-L-O, at A-P-R dot com. That's Alain Pinel Realtors, A-P-R dot com. Relo at A-P-R dot com. We also have an 800 number, 800-445-1111. But the email is the best. I'm always 24-7. I am watching my email no matter where I am. Okay, very good. I, I thought your 800 number would have ended with 8888, but uh, that, must, <laughs> that must not have been available, huh? <laughs> uh, no, when we started the company, all of our offices end with 1111, so okay. uh, we okay. kind of kept Better it Better than 4444, though, right? That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. Good. <laughs> well, listen, it's been a real pleasure um, having you um, and um, I just want to thank you again. And, and again, for those guests that uh, want to rehash this podcast, she was a wealth of knowledge. Me, she was a wealth of knowledge when it came to working with China, the Chinese buyers. Uh, again, I, I recommend that you attend an Inman Luxury event. And if you want more information about our certification or our book, you can go to Amazon and look 
a luxury listing specialist on Amazon to purchase our book. But if you want more information on our certification, go to Luxury Listing Specialist. My name is Michael Lafito. If you have any questions or suggestions or you think someone would be a great guest on our podcast, you can send me an email at michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. And remember, it's not the market, it's the marketing. Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our Luxury Listing Specialist certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher-end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecialist.com.